0: Welcome friends, it's episode 489, I hope you're well, and I want to start with a quote today, again, it's by James Baldwin, I imagine one of the reasons people cling to their hates so stubbornly is because they sense once hate is gone, they will be forced to deal with pain. Have you ever been... In a conversation around a conflict with someone where both of you are stubbornly clinging to your truth. I know I have many times. In those kind of situations, it's almost impossible to resolve the conflict because neither party wants to let go of what they believe is right. And it can feel like you're just talking past one another, but never really meeting. I recently had such a conflict and I thought about it for a long time. As we were both talking past one another. It was literally like two trains passing each other without stopping. He said, you're only blaming me. And I would say, I'm not blaming you, I'm expressing a concern I have. Yet in the next sentence, he would say again, you keep blaming me. And I'm dumbfounded. Didn't I just explain that I am not blaming? I am sure, conversations like this happen in every relationship. The meeting in the middle, the stopping and noticing and compromising hardly ever works. I don't think I have ever said in the middle of a conflict, yeah, I think I can see where you're coming from. I think you're right. And neither has anyone ever said it to me as far as I can remember. Instead, We both feel unheard, misunderstood, and sometimes even worse, disrespected, dismissed, and undermined. Instead of hearing the other person, really hearing them, we only hear ourselves. When I express a concern, I look for validation of my concern. I look for the other person to recognize at least a little bit of truth in what is true for me. And when that doesn't happen, and it usually doesn't because the other person shares their truth and they have the same objective. Then I continue. Maybe I need to be clearer. Maybe I need to paint a picture better. So I I may try humor, sarcasm. And on my worst days, I use words that hurt. And the other person often does the same. And here we are. Two very long trains passing each other. And at some point, not even remembering where we came from. I recently read an article in Harvard Business Review that explains this phenomenon of talking past one another from a business perspective. The author starts out, 28 years ago, I began my first experiment in what I call conversational intelligence. I was hired by Union Carbide to work with 17 high-powered sales executives in danger of losing a bid for a key contract My job was to figure out how they could raise their game and beat the other seven competitors. For more than two weeks, I had them role-play potential conversations with customers, and I charted what they said. The patterns were clear. The executives used telling statements 85% of the time, leaving a paltry 15% for questions. What's more, almost all the questions they asked were actually statements in disguise. They were talking and talking, trying to bring their counterparts around to their point of view, all the time thinking that they were still conducting good, productive conversations. I believe the same happens at home and in our personal lives. When we feel strongly about an issue, we want to get the other person on the same level. We want to convince them of our beliefs. We can blame our body for this. According to the same article, expressing ourselves feels good because our bodies release a higher level of reward hormones. But while we're feeling good because we get to say what we believe is right, the other person across from us might feel cut off, invisible, unimportant, minimized and rejected, which releases the same neurochemicals as physical pain. We all have been on both sides. Either side is not a good one. Trying to get a point across to someone who doesn't hear what you're saying is just as frustrating as being on the other side and feeling criticized for something we have said or done. Let me read the quote from the beginning again. I imagine one of the reasons people cling to their hates so stubbornly is because they sense once hate is gone, they will be forced to deal with the pain. I think we can easily replace the word hate with the word belief. We cling to our beliefs because they define who we are. We identify with our beliefs and giving them up would leave us naked. But have you ever, in the middle of a major argument, stopped and considered just one thing that the other person brought up? maybe evaluated and analyzed a little bit. And did you then, even if only for a second acknowledge that there might be some truth to it? How did this feel? It feels disarming, doesn't it? You feel shame maybe. But I also think there's great relief in this realization that maybe you are not 100% correct in your assumptions because this suddenly offers a path towards a potential resolution. There's light, and this light allows you to see the other person just a bit more clearly. It feels shocking, but at the same time, it feels reassuring, knowing our truth is not universal. As the quote says, it's painful realizing we were wrong, and we try to avoid having to face this pain at all costs. But once we gain the awareness, we have the opportunity to change course and grow but how do we get there more often how can we stop our train from running past the other and even if we cannot extend a hand maybe we can at least look at each other recognize and acknowledge what the other person offers here's an idea what if we at some point during the discussion we assume we are wrong just to play with it just for fun Let's reverse the table and pretend we are wrong and the other person is right. The complete opposite of what we would naturally be inclined to do. Let's face it. Unless we let our guard down, unless we stop for just a moment and consider what the other person has to say, we will never be able to meet in the middle. We will continue to defend our opinions and protect our beliefs. And this means we will run past the other person and the conflict will not get resolved. But by playing with the possibility that we are wrong, not just a little wrong, but maybe completely wrong, we open ourselves up to possibility. We can think more clearly and more objectively about the situation. And instead of arguing more fervently, maybe we ask a question. Instead of insisting that our version is the only one, Maybe we show more humility. And instead of trying to convince the other person of our truth, maybe we learn a new and a better truth. Assuming we are wrong is an exercise. It's a temporary change in the state of our mind. We have nothing to lose by trying this. It's not binding us to something we don't agree with. It's not downplaying our concerns or giving up our strong held beliefs. It's simply looking back at ourselves from the other person's viewpoint. And this simple exercise might trigger some insights, some ideas, some thinking that wasn't there previously. Because now we have created a distance between ourselves and our beliefs. And in that gap that now has been created, we can let possibility come in. A different truth. And this may help us stop the train. It may help us see the other person. It may not change our mind or dismiss our concern. But it may offer a path to relate better to the other person. A path to be more human. I think we should all try this and assume we are wrong a little bit more frequently because we are already defaulted to assuming we are right anyways so why not try something different and maybe it will improve some of those important relationships in our lives and maybe it will help us grow as humans and contribute to a better world I love my friends.